Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, One Minute at a Time. I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. I'm Dave Forsyth from Edges of, Edge of Tomorrow Minute. And I'm Cece Pleasance from Los Angeles, California. <laughs> <laughs> minute. <laughs> That's right. You're living your life minute by minute. Minute welcome, by minute. Welcome back, yeah. Cece. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me again, fellas. This is fun. So this is uh, minute 47, and it starts with Mark Maron still yelling, yelling. (laughs) no wonder, Um, and ends with the bus driving toward the sun, but hopefully never getting there. (laughs) It's sort of what (laughs) Maron's known for, right? Like he's sort of a a, a yeller and a loud mouth. Well, that's what he used to be known for, right? Now I guess he's a... Yeah, he has insightful interviewer extraordinaire savior of the podcast or inventor of the podcast maybe depending on how un- un- uninformed you are <laughs> yeah although on glow he plays like this kind of character again like he's kind of he's kind of back in full mark Marin form yelling and stuff which is great yeah, I don't think I truly, truly mentioned it last minute, but, you know, like I said, it's it's definitely promoter in the script that I got, but it's also even angry promoter. <laughs> so, I mean, I think yeah. for any role he takes on, they, they should just, he should, I wish that that just stayed, you know, kept up, you know, every angry, you know, uh, uh, what's what's his name? Sam Silva from, from Glow or angry, you know, whatever. Angry uh, manager, or angry, so. yeah, coffee store owner, whatever. Angry uh, late night show <laughs> producer. Yeah. <laughs> De Niro. Um, yeah. And this really was his first, not his first film role, but his first one of any that, that many people would have seen, right? I think he was in a, like some weird Sarah Silverman movie that, you know, I'm a big fan of Sarah Silverman and I don't think I ever knew that movie existed until I looked up Marin's IMDb the other day and. Um, but yeah, I think this was his first, his first role of, of substance in terms of, you know, the amount of people that might see it. So 
Well, and for just, you know, for being a stand-up comedian mm-hmm. for most of the, you know, it was definitely the 90s, I think he might have kind of barely was starting, like maybe late 80s, kind of was when he was starting. But, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he probably, I, I'm pretty sure he had his, like, his, you know, half-hour Comedy Central prior to this. Yeah. Um, or at least right around this time, if not prior. But um, but then, yeah, when, when, when uh, you know, the the mid-aughts <laughs> happened and then he was doing his air America stuff and <laughs> right, right. getting fired, getting fired or let go from that job and well, starting his podcast. I'm going to say everybody got fired from that job, but yeah. Yeah. Right. Eventually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, air America. It was a fun idea, but I think, yeah. I think they might've run into the idea that a lot of, liberals are just so turned off by the idea of talk radio just because it's been a cesspool for you know pretty much right yeah so i don't know yeah. that's just my my take on it i agree i agree with your take i think it's a good take thank you <laughs> you're welcome um, now, now, now for someone that's in the in the biz cc i'm wondering oh, uh-huh. you know I, i've heard i've heard the stories about you know uh actors and so forth putting things that maybe they really aren't qualified for on their resume, mm-hmm. you know, and like one, like I think I've heard of pretty heavy, like, like, uh, horse riding. I'm wondering about I, like, can, can you, you know, would putting driving, being able to drive a golf cart on, on a resume, is that something? <laughs> cause, cause that, that could have, that could have been a big, big shoe in for him if he had, whether he was honest or lying about it, you know? Right. Right. Where's my goddamn cart? Cast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I mean, yeah, I, I feel like people ask you those things. Yeah. And, and I've always heard, yeah, I've heard that as well. I've ne- it has never actually happened to me where someone has asked me, mm-hmm. can you do a thing that I definitely couldn't do? <laughs> um, and then I lied about spins? it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, they probably, yeah, they probably did like, call up his manager or whatever and say, hey, can you drive a golf cart? And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. And, you know, so. <laughs> well, not just drive a golf cart, but like he drives it one-handed at one point, right? Yeah. He's sticking yeah. his arm up in yeah. the air and yelling and waving and oh, yeah. being angry. Like, or, you know what? We don't, that's not a tight close up right there. So that really could be a stunt driver. Yeah. That's, that's possible, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, more, more, it could have been more of the ADR and, and, and probably was anyway, you know, with, with the sounds that they probably didn't want that were occurring that. Let me tell you yeah. though, if if that particular moment where he's driving through the concrete tunnel, raving, raising one hand, driving a golf cart, yelling, lock the gates. If that is ADR, which it probably is, um, whoever did the mixing on that did a really good job because the the reverb yeah. really sounds like he's in a mm-hmm. in a concrete tunnel. Mm-hmm. So, good job to that guy. Oh yeah! Wow, so detailed. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I um I think the 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 stack of paper that we see William taking his notes on mm. um it it really kind of looks like a stack of post-it notes to me. I, I don't think it it's probably just cuz yeah. it's yellow and it's sort of of that shape of the sort of rectangular post-it notes. But this would have been way too early right. for post-it notes. Right. So, yeah, when was the post-it invented? I'm gonna look it up right now. Well, it almost seems like it could uh, be almost like an envelope folded over, you know. Oh, because I'll definitely, I, I definitely often use envelopes, right? <laughs> that I... Yeah. Oh, 1977. 
so probably not but um not, but yeah not maybe yet. yeah i think you're right because i kind of I'm, i've got the minute running here and i kind of see a fold on the left edge and the top so maybe it's just like a piece of paper that's folded over because he doesn't know about the existence of reporter's notebooks yet because this is his like well his second reporting gig right so uh, he's a young boy yeah, right well, well, it's definitely, it's only the first on tour. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he does a lot of, like, on the fly, like, finding a paper yeah. to write on. Like, so maybe it was just some, like, hotel pad or something like that that he just, because mm-hmm. he's, like, yeah. There's yeah, definitely that, uh, the, the bathtub scene later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, yeah. so conscious of all, like, when he when he gets up and stands up and half of them fall on the floor or in the tub both maybe it's like uh that would just freak me out <laughs> I'd, I'd hate for that to happen his yeah. notes are are pretty undetailed though right like it's basically just like still water phoenix uh bb is electrocuted or, or, or sorry electrocution of russell bb is concerned i think it says and then he's he's scribbling something else that we don't really get to but stunned yeah it's certainly not sufficient notes for a minute movies by minute podcast, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all up in yeah. his mind. And yeah, it definitely says Phoenix at the top and five seventy three, so May of seventy three, which which definitely fits. You know, there's there's the graduation scene later. You know, right, so. right. And 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 the whole span of of this time period. I mean, it, it's definitely. It, it's it's not good for William that it happens to be as I think as long as it really is, which ends up being, which is, you know, a matter of maybe three or four weeks or so. But uh, it was supposed to be three or four days to, to the very start when when he's getting his mom's permission. So if you guys were budding rock journalists in when you were fifteen or sixteen, what what do you what do you think the bands would be that you would be stoked to go out on tour with? Like if if you were to sneak out of your mom's house and be like, I'm going on tour to write extensively about a band or two. It would have been it would have been Tori Amos for me. Mm. I was obsessed with Tori Amos when I like through middle school and uh, I had a long love affair with Tori Amos. I would still like to follow Tori Amos around. I think she's really cool. <laughs> um yeah, I don't. Who else? I don't know. I was really into. My mom was like, um, loved the Police. Like I was really into mm-hmm. like yeah. bands that my parents were into. So I really mm-hmm. liked the Police, and then I really went through a Simon and Garfunkel phase, <laughs> even though I was <laughs> I was a weird child. Yeah. I was gonna say you, you probably could have um, followed the Simon portion around, but the Garfunkel was uh, would have been probably not so much not uh, yeah not possible yeah. Oh, and definitely Prince. I mean, I would have oh, like, sure. I right. I would have a hundred percent been uh, done whatever Prince wanted me to do, um, and still would even if his ghost showed up today and was like, <laughs> jump off a cliff. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> okay, ghost of Prince. <laughs> okay, but I'll have to write an article about it later. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a journalist. That's right, so. <laughs> a serious journalist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you'd totally fall into the. Um, you'd want to be Prince's friend trap if you were supposed to write about him. So maybe that's not a, a good one for your career as a budding rock journalist. Yes, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
And I guess it's not really, does that count as rock journalist? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'd call it, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's rock, right? Yeah. Yeah. As far as Rolling Stone is concerned, yeah. they oh, yeah. Rolling Stone would totally write about Prince. And he's in the yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so we'll call it rock journalist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Eric? Yeah, and for me, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, my number one band is Beatles and has been since I was 10 years old or so. Um, getting in my dad's collection a little bit, but also getting out and getting my own versions and CDs and, and the new format of the time, CDs. Um, but then he also, my dad also had some other things like, you know, I mean, he was, he was kind of into, you know, Genesis and Phil Collins and Billy Joel and Huey Lewis. Some of those, you yeah. know, very pop rock, you know. Kind of yeah. I mean, certainly Genesis had its previous prog, <laughs> very prog heavy, but um, but right. he didn't really, he didn't have any of those records. He had the more recent and the, of the mid eighties, roughly the mid eighties. Yeah. Um, you could do the news about the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so some Sorry. of those you totally could have followed uh, around leave. for. <laughs> if if you had to get kicked off a podcast for bad jokes, like that's that. I mean, there there would be no more podcasts. So. <laughs> this is a, a land where we can be free to tell our worst jokes and you know it doesn't really matter so, um but yeah for for me i think it would have been a lot of um sort of early teenage angry metal music um which probably would have gotten me killed so um you know your uh panteras and white zombies and suicidal tendencies and things like that and um you know yeah. you know the, the i I loved hair metal. I would have, I would have done um, like Guns N' Roses. Oh, sure. I would, I would have freaking loved that. Yeah, Pantera. That's intense. The, the one dalliance I had with hair metal was was in middle school writing a report in, mu- in music class with a, with another another uh, buddy though too was uh, Nelson. <laughs> you guys remember oh, yeah. Nelson? Nelson. I remember them. Yeah. Twins. Yeah. Twins. Ricky yeah. Nelson's twin sons. <laughs> yes. I went to as a I don't I don't know how old I was. Um, I went to see them in concert because oh, I wow. thought they were hot boys. Mm-hmm. I was like I don't know I don't know how old I was thirteen or fourteen or something. But like yeah, they were. That was definitely half their charm. Ooh, was their their looks? Yeah, their long blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> so handsome. <laughs> well, you know what, listeners, I know that free stuff is awesome. But free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Through the Pantheon Network and this show, Almost Famous Minute, at Adam and Eve, you get to select almost any one item for 50% off. And then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Just make sure you enter offer code AFMPOD at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. You can get a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And on top of all that, you also get six free spicy movies. Yeah, that's right, movies. I know you all like movies because you listen to this podcast about the movie Almost Famous. Finally, you also get free shipping. That's right. Can't do better than that. That's AFMPOD, AFMPOD, at adamandeve.com. Just type in AFMPOD at checkout. It's all happening. It's oh, so, so we get, uh, you know, ap- after a little bit of, uh, you know, the angry promoter, Mark Marin, you know, writing on his cart and so forth. Well, not, no, not, not writing on his cart yet, just yet, but he's, he's yelling about it. Where's my goddamn cart? 
but then we have uh, uh, Sapphire uh, running alongside the bus that I made mention, and you know it's she's it's from from the past minutes uh, where she answers the phone in the hotel room <laughs> when no one else is there, William isn't there, and, uh, and you know it's a room it's a room that they're supposedly sharing, you know it's you know and and nothing's really happening yet, but there's a that later scene, but um, uh, yeah she she yeah she has that great talk with with Elaine William's mother. Um, so, so she's now finally, you know, she goes, oh, I forgot. <laughs> she's finally telling William through the window, uh, that she, that he needs to call home immediately. Well, uh, but it's not, uh, the nineties or even later, <laughs> we don't have phones on buses or cell phones. So, right. so thanks a lot. Uh, but, uh, I guess I'll do that whenever we get where we're going. And <laughs> I think <laughs> and supposedly Topeka. that's, supposedly that's in Topeka. Right. right. And I, I think, yeah. This is uh, like those two scenes that you mentioned, the the telephone scene with Elaine and Sapphire, and then this scene with Sapphire running after the bus and like frantically uh, trying to convey Elaine's message. It really pits Feruza Balak or or Sapphire as the comic relief to to the the heaviness of, of Elaine's worry, right? Um, Uh and uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's two, two moments in there that really make me laugh literally out loud when, when I watch this movie is when, uh, you know, at the end of the conversation, she says, uh, this is the maid. And like that made me laugh. And then when, and then, you know, when she runs into the wall, maybe it's a little too schadenfreude sort of uh, a concept, you know, to, to, it's not, I'm not laughing at her pain. Right. I'm, I'm laughing at the situation that, so goofy it's yeah. so funny it's such a like a it's like a classic it's like a wipeout moment it's just like a classic <laughs> physical comedy trope that it's hilarious when somebody yeah. falls down and obviously she doesn't get hurt we know that she's fine and um whatever like she's having a great time doing it so it's like it's okay to laugh at it but it's so funny it's so like it's also sort of not I bet I like the t- I like that this movie like plays with tone a little bit because it's not quite the tone of the movie like it's it's definitely not like a slapstick right. comedy but it is like it does have a lot of comedy and that's just like this one little like haha lizard brain you know hacky comedy moment that's great I love it and she's so fun I love Faruza Balk oh yeah she's a, she's a queen the the noise she makes when she runs into the wall is is really half of the the hilarity of it too it's just sort of like it's it's very funny but i don't know but i think it's i think it's it's also very charming of her to like as she sees him running off in the bus be like oh crap i gotta tell him this thing about his mother that his mother called right like that's a very it could have been very i'm gonna run top speed yeah in in my adorable cowgirl outfit um you know right i would kind (laughs) of guess that she has you know you know, I don't know if they're just what length or, I mean, they're not, hopefully not stiletto type or whatever, but some kind of heels. Oh, yeah. And she, she certainly does have a yeah. bit of that kind of a gait. <laughs> and then she's and then not she, wearing and a she, and she does so well at keeping her eyes focused on William, even though when this wall is coming, I mean, she as an actor knows that this is going to happen. And, and, uh, and I'm sure that there's got to be like some kind of, you know, soft cushiony thing, you know, to, to hope. just, you know, around that corner. Of, of that wall yeah. that we, you know, they don't, they certainly don't show it in a way that they show it at the right angle. So that way that can be hidden. The good stunt coordinator that 
yeah. told her how to run into that wall. We hope she wasn't actually hurt. By... <laughs> that would really hurt if you ran that fast into a cement wall. Yeah. Right. That, would, that would not be. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it feels good for sure. Um, and then the yeah. other part of what she says is, is that she quotes Elaine. She you know, I know what's going on. She has to get that quote in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Before saying see in Topeka. Um, and, and then William's look. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he turns back yeah. around. It's like, okay, that's over. There's nothing I can do, but I'm kind of I'm kind of in shock that I guess that she got a little bit hurt, but then also that that his mother has <laughs> has called and actually had to talk with <laughs> talk with uh, Sapphire. Oh yeah. And, uh, I think and, and supposedly knows what's going on, whatever that means i think that look is is sheer mother induced terror I, i'm not okay. sure he even noticed her running into the wall yeah. like a, you know it was a um it's a kid who was mostly a good kid but i still yeah. i omitted a lot of stuff i'm talking about myself here is it? i i omitted a lot of things from my you know that i told mm-hmm. my mother it wasn't into a lot but I, I still didn't share a lot um you know so i i sort of feel this look like um you know he 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 knows that he's gonna have to endure the the questioning of his mother and he's actually wondering you know how much of what's going on does she really know about you know like what what does she know how did she find out and you know how much of of it am i gonna have to try and explain so um i i think when you're a good kid you like there's that thing of like you and and when your your whole brand is that you're a good kid like when you feel like your parent thinks something about you that isn't good you get that like that sick feeling in your stomach Mm -hmm. like oh no she's finally found out that i'm a total fraud and (laughs) not a good kid anymore (laughs) well well the other the other thing he could be thinking is is that you know in 30 years 30 or 40 years i'll become a writer director and i'll make a movie and that's how my mom will find out <laughs> all, all the stuff i did <laughs> as, right. a, as a teen journalist on the road with a with a big band decent sized band an almost famous band yeah an right. almost famous band i like the conveying of messages in this movie because it, i mean it like i know it's whatever i'm not saying anything new and exciting but like like you said they don't they don't have cell phones and you don't we don't think about like we don't they didn't have cell phones back then so you if somebody called you you'd have to get the, you know somebody has to give you the message and and half the time like they didn't really pay attention to what the person was saying and so they're telling you like something but they're like there are two moments in this movie where someone gives a message and they are doing their best to be very specific mm-hmm. about what the message is mm-hmm. and the first one is with kate hudson uh, when uh, William gives Penny the message from Russell, and then the second one is this one, where you know, and she does manage to say, "I know what's going on," like, like the mother to instill fear. Great, that's all. <laughs> um, so then, uh, you know, there's just 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 this like an intercut scene of of certainly, you know, well the the what we already talked about a little bit the. Uh, Mark Maron's character uh, driving the cart behind, behind uh, the bus. But uh, you know the bus making this turn inside the inside the concrete tunnel and towards the gate, and then we get Dick 
looking back and and asking someone here, <laughs> um, yeah. someone here, uh, you want to buy a gate. So then what we, you know, and I, I even put it, you know, did it this way in the script because it was really the way I felt like this was even at that time, this long time ago, months ago, now that I kind of did a lot of this preparation. Um, but I put Penny Lane saying, yeah, because that she sure seems like she's the main <laughs> person kind of agreeing to this. Um, yeah. Larry is right behind Love her. Dick sticks there too. But, but, and Russell's sitting there, like I mentioned before, he's got the bandage on his hand and he's pretty out of it. He's just, you know, yeah. he couldn't, he yeah. couldn't care less what's going on. He's just in this state of shock so forth. Right. Um, but, uh, but Penny sure seems to be the most vociferous one, but she's not <laughs> involved in the band really. <laughs> it's not my money. Know? Let's, right. she, she right. doesn't, there's no consequence that's going to befall her. Yeah. You know, like, it's not my money. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 she's up for anything guys she's just a real fun gal <laughs> yeah let's buy stuff you know she's it's a it's retail yeah, therapy. yeah she's right. 16 <laughs> do we think she's six is she 16 in that scene yeah i've definitely talked about that off and on throughout here and i think i think because the other part is is that she's retired or then she's come out of retirement to, you know, uh, hook up with right. and be and be the muse for um, Russell. Right. But, right. you know, I think she was counting down along with him past a certain point. I'd go more of the 1817-ish in that range around there, okay. which okay. is a crazy time to retire. But it's retiring from this thing that you don't. <laughs> normally talk none about. of it none of it really makes a ton of sense but <laughs> i mean for like the benefits package of this retirement yeah, is, yeah. is poor so like it's not she's gonna have to get another job at some point yeah you don't get a gold watch right um i mean spoilers for way farther into the movie i mean there's there's i mean she's getting on a plane by herself but back then i guess that kind of could happen you know if you're younger than 18 you know somehow oh. some crazy way that they just kind of overlook that stuff but but she probably also has fake ids she she does have fake ids but yeah i mean it, it, the whole plane thing was very loose back then too like you could mm -hmm. i flew by myself when i was like 14 but my parents mm -hmm. uh like you know they were on one end or the other <laughs> left me <laughs> at the gate at yeah yeah like it, that was yeah. also when you could like walk up to the gate with yeah right and so, like they mm -hmm. left me at the gate and then picked me up on the other end like <laughs> one parent was in one city and one was in the other so oh, okay yeah. um yeah but and then i had to wear this dumb badge that said like i'm a i'm a dumb dumb like i'm a child <laughs> <laughs> so that, um and then they uh made me get on the little cart the little golf cart that goes through the um airport and has like a siren on it <laughs> I felt really stupid. That's, so then I started yeah, taking my badge age off for a yeah for a girl oh, God. to, to, to oh, draw God. all this attention to. Yeah, yeah. Please, please look at me, please. I'm <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a preteen nightmare. <laughs> anyway, it's, um, it, it you know if Penny is sixteen. You know, it, it puts this movie in a in a much creepier light. Um, 
but I mean, not that the next minute doesn't also <laughs> kind of give us creeps. We'll we'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah. it, it, my my you know inter in, inner creep detector hopes that she is at least eighteen in this movie. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we also definitely talk about that. Yeah, between. The band, I mean, it's, well, especially between Jeff and, as I mentioned, last minute, uh, Polexia, uh, Anna Paquin's yeah. character. I mean, yeah. she definitely <laughs> seems younger than Penny. <laughs> she seems like she could be right. about pretty pretty darn close to William's age of 15. She may be 16 or so. But uh, that's not good for yeah. Jeff. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, um, through the bulk. Yeah. Also, probably like the character is supposed to be pretty young, but uh, she's she's like a she's just she's a mature she's a mature woman, she's a mature seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, she doesn't give you that same vibe <laughs> that uh, that some of the other band aids do. No, no, which is maybe unfair. I'm sure she's just as sweet and innocent, but um, she's like you know she just is she carries herself in a more confident sort of woman of the world kind of way <laughs> with her amazing outfits. She has the best outfit. Oh, by the, far. Yeah. In the movie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That we were talking about the, the phone call with Elaine earlier and she has that multicolored floofy. Well, I don't even know if you call it a jacket. Yes. On, but that, that's a great outfit. It's fabulous. I, I would like, all, I would not wear all of those clothes, but I'd like to have them hanging in my closet just to be like, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the bus just bashes through the gate. You just bought a gate. Yeah, it just they they bought it. <laughs> they decided, based on that one yell of approval, um, they decided they yeah. wanted to buy it. They they bought it, but they don't get to keep it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> They're trying to get out of there too quick to go back and pick it up. I do love right. the um, neon sign of the hotel chief in the background. Oh. Um, yeah. it's, oh, I've got uh, I've got a book of of neon sign art, like done, you know, artful photography and things like that, um, sitting on a shelf somewhere that you know is supposed to be on your coffee table, but it's not not on mine. But um, but um, I really uh, find some of those old signs to be uh, fun, so, and that that one's good. Yeah. Thanks. And then we get the uh, cut to. Out on the road, uh, at least a couple hours later, I would guess. You know, uh, you know, but probably even more. It's uh, you know, we we just barely, barely see you just for a second inside the bus. You know, after that, but um, people are people are sleeping. That's for sure. When the sun's coming the up sun's, and sun's rising, yeah, they are theoretically. If they're going from Phoenix to Topeka, they are heading in the right direction to be heading into the sunrise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Generally, the, that direction, anyway. And that's when, uh, you know, the, the uh, Led Zeppelin song, uh, That's the Way, starts. And the one little bit of yeah. a lyric we hit, I don't know how I'm going to tell you. That's such a great song. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> That's a good um that's a good segue song to to I don't know if we'll if we would consider this an actual act break in the movie. Um mm-hmm. but I think 
more so in the in the next minute it'll it'll sort of set it up but but this is that song really sort of propels us into some of the heavy I don't want they're not heavy conversations that they're having but some of the yeah. the heavier themes that are going to sort of be drawn out of the actions in the in the next couple minutes really yeah I I, I did uh, with with another guest uh, a few minutes ago uh, I think it was thirty nine that minute I felt like that could have been an act break there I did uh, talk about about that with uh, Nay Renly if you know him from his uh, fellow you know fellow movie by minute podcaster. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know these Led Zeppelin songs that, that they were able to get in, um, uh, you know, they, they definitely are on the uh, lighter side of Zeppelin. You know, they're they're not the hard rocking uh, yeah. that that you know anyone that that kind of. I mean, the way I w- I certainly was introduced to Led Zeppelin mostly, at least at least as far as heavy listening. You know, getting getting my first, you know, it was uh, Led Zeppelin two that I got first, and they. Uh, they they gave some variety to it uh, later on, and some good variety, and uh, this is one of those songs. Yeah, it's not it's not one of their, you know, top ten most played tracks either. It, no, but it's right. it's recognizably a, a Zeppelin song. You know, you you hear that that voice come on, and you're like, yeah, that's that's Robert Plant there. I I can I can tell. So. Yeah, and actually actually this is uh, from Led Zeppelin three, yeah, but. Uh, any further uh, notes for this minute? No, I don't. I don't think I have anything else. That through the bulk of my clean. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And she she does look really cute in that cowgirl outfit. So <laughs> I'm I'm imagining Eric. You said that you think she may have been running. In, she looks like she's running in some difficult shoes. But I'm going to imagine that they're like stiff cowboy boots that aren't quite broken oh, in yet. That's that could be you know, yeah. to complete the ensemble. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're practical shoes. I feel like this is not a woman who ever wears a practical shoe. And even if, even as she grows older, I bet she like I bet she never sets foot in a sketcher. <laughs> and if there if there weren't the scene earlier where William had to deal with the laundry, or is it later? I don't remember actually, but I, I would have lots of questions about exactly where they are getting all of these outfits. But now we know. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, from the Led Zeppelin talk, we can then uh, segue into the uh, asking Cece what her thoughts are on, uh, give, give us, if you can give us the ranking of the uh, four bands, I can, okay. I can let you know what they are again, or? Oh, uh, it's so, it's Almond Brothers, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Skinnerd. is that yep. the, those That's are the right. bands? Okay, all right, um, okay, Led Zeppelin first, um, e- uh, Eagles. Uh, I guess on Brothers and then Leonard Skinner. I do have like a, I know that Leonard Skinner is super racist. (laughs) (laughs) But I grew up in Virginia and I, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of Leonard Skinner in my like childhood and like some of my happy memories. So I feel like I have like more, I have more love for them than, um, than uh, you guys, but uh, than Dave, but <laughs> um, but I but I acknowledge that they are uh, they are racist, <laughs> and I and I am not racist. I don't think I, <laughs> I try not to be. I, I don't do think best. listening to Leonard Skinner <laughs> makes you anything that you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 yeah. clear in my book. 
cool. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, does everybody pick Led Zeppelin first? or, or No, there... not everyone. Every now and then yeah. there's uh, some Eagles or any of the other yeah. three. They, I think any of the other three have appeared at least once. But Zeppelin is yeah. definitely the, the leader. <laughs> right. And Skinner yeah, is and, always and, and both of you had had that same order. I'm almost positive. I'll, I'll definitely uh, when I'm editing, I, I, that's why I usually <laughs> actually get the get the numbers into my spreadsheet. Are you going to do a, a so that way? A, I'll have a final tally. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to do a detailed data dump at the end with infographics and everything. Oh yeah, great. Definitely. Nice. <laughs> um, something else that uh, we could do this minute um i think is uh definitely cc you you go ahead go for it with um i mean i think you mentioned it during last minute that that really you've just seen it the one time at the, when, when it first came out in the theater yeah i saw it in the theater and then i i watched it again although i didn't make it all the way through not because i didn't want to i yeah. just didn't have time but i watched uh um it, the beginning through like minute uh 72 or i don't know whatever (laughs) um when we started doing that so i'm gonna finish it up later i love it it's great yeah yeah like i mentioned with the the director's cut it's called untitled and and i would i i I do recommend that you know for the idea that you know you get you get just more of these other some some similar scenes that uh that happened that uh you know you know a bulk of them out, out here on the road, you know, there's just, just more, you know, interactions between uh, William, especially, and, and some of the other band members and so forth. Um, but, uh, you know, the decision to uh, only do uh, this uh, theatrical cut, uh, you know, just, just keep it down on time and, and it gets the story, gets the point across uh, pretty well, I think. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I think it's a good, efficient movie and we get, we get the we get the gist of everybody's characters mm-hmm. for sure yeah but i would like to watch the director's cut i will i shall okay and, <laughs> and um then you can also go ahead go into uh any further plugs you'd like to put out there into the world oh plugs i i really i'm so i have nothing to plug uh just go follow me on twitter at cc pleasant and watch the late late show with james corden whenever you get a chance <laughs> Um, and Dave, uh, why don't we just go ahead and get your uh, your uh, history? Oh, sure. Yeah, I definitely saw this movie in the theater. Um, I um, went to school in Des Moines, Iowa, and like right off campus, like literally right across the street from campus, was a small little two screen. Um, you call it sort of an art house theater at the time, and um, I didn't see this there, but I had seen <laughs> I had seen um, uh, singles there. Um, so I was sort of on the on the uh, the bandwagon of his music movies, um, and uh, I don't want to admit it, but I I really enjoyed Jerry Maguire as well. Um, <laughs> it's a it's one of those movies that like totally doesn't speak to me personally in pretty much any way in terms of you know relating to the the characters, but it, it gets me weepy uh, when I watch it. Still, for some reason, I don't know why. Oh, that's an okay movie to like, isn't it? I don't know. I I also haven't seen that since it came out in theaters, but I have fond memories of yeah. it. Is it is it like passe to like Jerry Maguire? Is it not cool? Um, I, I I mean, as the host of 
Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, this is going to be weird for me to say. I have a, a weird time saying I like any Tom Cruise movie. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but strangely, I do like a lot of Tom Cruise movies. Like he he's just he's just yeah. a charming guy and he's good at what he does. So um, he's great. He's yeah. a movie star. Yeah, exactly. He's a he's maybe our generation's, you know, one of their true real movie stars. But um, but yeah, so I yeah, so I was I was well versed in the Cameron Crow. Um, and I think I probably knew about his involvement with uh, Fast Times then. So like when, when this was coming out, I was I was looking forward to to seeing the movie and I definitely saw it in the theater and have owned it on DVD for a long time. And um, I have the uh, uh, what's the director's cut one called? Untitled, Untitled. version as well. So I've, I've yeah. seen that one mm-hmm. through a few times. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I too uh, with uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, you know, I, I I could kind of find it weird saying it, but I've I've definitely been a pretty big fan of of his acting, of his being in movies and and what he does and and so many of them. Yet uh, personally, uh, I, could, <laughs> yeah. I could you know kind of prefer not to have him be the way he has been. <laughs> I don't know how much of that is his fault, though. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love, I love Tom Cruise. I love him so much. He's, I, I would, I would. You know what? I join Scientology and marry Tom Cruise if he wanted me to. <laughs> don't tell my husband. <laughs> that's the, that's what the prerequisite for being a wife of his, I think, is. You know, yeah. your, your, your willingness. <laughs> Are you willing to join this cult? I guess so. I think I, yeah, because it's, it's probably a fun life. I don't know. As long as I don't have to be in the Sea Org, that seems like a bridge. Yeah, too far. I think if you're, if <laughs> like you're a, a fake Navy, a cult Navy. Yeah, if you're into Scientology to marry Tom Cruise, like I think you're going to get the good ends of the Scientology stick. Honestly, mm, yeah. So totally, yeah, yeah. yeah you're not going to have to dress up like a sea captain I'm, and swab a deck. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Just until you want out, essentially, <laughs> you know. Right, <laughs> if you're to right, right, right. With it all the way, then. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a good retirement plan. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. right. <laughs> we're all gonna get murdered. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this episode's gonna get a lot of downloads, Eric. I hope you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, uh, yeah, that's 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 great. Um, I mean, it's all gonna be Scientologist lawyers, but that's you know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um. Thanks so much, uh, guys. Uh, David, Dave, for uh being our co-host uh for at least these these couple minutes, and and hopefully hopefully you'll be back at least. Uh, yeah. And see see whether or not you're you're back. I I I think that that's a possibility, and we'll see what happens <laughs> there. You think you'll be able to make it back? I think I can come back. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I, okay. I'll commit to coming yeah, back. Great. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay. So let's, let's plan for that. So minute 48 will be uh, next week. Uh, we'll be back. And um, I'll just put out there real quick. Uh, you know, uh, we got our Facebook uh, page at uh, facebook.com slash almost famous minute. And we have a great uh, group where we can talk about uh, Scientology and so forth uh, at uh, <laughs> the Band-Aids Listener Society. So uh, this was minute 47. We'll be back for 48 next week. And until then, it's all happening. Don't take it's drugs. All oh wait. Happening. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, I got the wrong one. It's all, it's all oh, happening. No. It's all happening. <laughs> I am a golden god. Yeah! 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 And I was born in the back seat.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.